welcome to the next episode of the Single Girls Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s and 30s. I'm Chantelle the Coach, a quarter life and confidence coach that helps women that are struggling to be single, to find their belonging, to realise their purpose and their worth and to allow them and encourage them to take ownership of whatever's going on in life. And it's been a busy one, it's been Christmas coming up and with all that's going on at the moment in terms of will there be a lockdown, won't there, people are trying to make the most of social time. So we've taken a little bit of a quiet step uh, back in the single girls club for the time being, although we went to the ice hockey the other week. And the year is now coming to a close. A few of the episodes recently have been talking about next year and the resolutions for next year and that you should be starting now thinking about what it is you want to encourage and starting to work out how that works for you. So I'm going to be focusing on creating a life with work being created around it. And part of that is putting the gym in. And so I've signed up to a gym. I'm starting now so I can work out what happens in the next couple of weeks to then kick off the year properly. But have a little listen to that episode as well. Uh, And there's also the stuff about growth mindset and things like that. And this episode is going to continue on the reflection period So we've been dipping in and out. We had the 500 Days of Summer episode to look at relationships, uh, just as a little break from that. And before that, we've had various things. But this one's going to continue that vibe. And it's going to be lessons learned from 2021. Because if you aren't thinking about what's been happening over the last year, how you've developed uh, and how your life is panning out compared to what you'd like it to be and to what it really is and how you're working within that, then it is time. Because a year is a long time. So much can happen in a year. I've only just lived here for a year. Welcome to my house, if you haven't seen it before. Um, It was a year the other day. It was only a year or so ago, now a year and a month, I think, that my actual divorce went through. In that time, I've lost a stepdad. I've had surgery myself um, because I had an issue needed sorting out. And so they're just the major things that I can think of at the moment. And that's just one person's story. We've obviously had the lockdowns come and go. And there will be other things in between with dating experiences and setting this up. This hasn't been a year yet. Um, The community that we're building hasn't been around for a year yet. Uh, Some people will be, has been single last year and are now in relationships. And others will have been in a relationship last year and are now single. And so it's time to reflect. And I've been doing some reflection based on my experiences and the conversations that I've had with different people and what I've learned from coaching sessions, from working with different people and hearing their stories and their struggles and listening to them and observing and hearing how their journeys have developed combined with my own journey and experiences. So here's a little flutter of what I think 2021 has brought and are lessons that are worth sharing with other single people to remember, to give us the encouragement and to look at the growth. Now, I've got a whole list of these. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't quite whittle everything down because sometimes I think you get the same lessons repeated even though you've heard of them before or knew them. Sometimes you need to hear them again. It hasn't been enough to hear it once. And others of them are brand new information or brand new realisations or things that I've heard. I've never heard that concept before, never knew much about that before. Um, so I'm going to start talking a- about a few of those today. And I want you to see if they resonate with you. If you agree with that, 
head on to Instagram, drop me a DM. Maybe there'll be some polls at the time to let me know if you agreed. And also tell me if there's any that I've missed that you think have been your biggest that would be worth sharing with other people. So I'm going to start with the first one. And I think it's a big one. And I think you'll understand why it's a big one. But I think the first one that I want to mention is that change is inevitable. Change is the constant part of our lives. We cling to try and keep things the same because that's safety. That means that we know what's going to happen. We know how it's going to be. But the world has a funny way of working at times. And understanding that things won't stay the same and certainly won't necessarily go your way or the way that you thought. Depends what you think about this. I'm very much into spirituality, manifestation, and that idea like, um, I don't chase, I attract kind of affirmation style. So when things exit, I still cry about things. I still find things difficult. Um, I recently have left my job and the tears that were flowing for weeks there was hard, even though that was a choice I made. But, you know, don't ever void yourself of the emotion that goes with any kind of change. But I think working with change and letting it be is something to strive for because if you can accept that change is going to happen you don't take things for granted like you live in the moment in some respects and you enjoy that change is one of those things that causes us pain if we try and hold on to something someone a situation a scenario it is not being able to let it change, not being able to let it change from your expectation, that is the bit that actually causes you some of the pain that you're experiencing. And already referenced, we lost my stepdad in February, March time, February time. And, you know, that was a big change for the whole family. And it's changed lots of paths and courses of people within the family particularly my mum for example you know who would have had plans within that um, and is now taking a different path because something changed something that she would never have necessarily predicted uh, until it became apparent that was going to be the case change is hard whilst it's inevitable it can be hard Sometimes we've got such a vision of what we want to happen, what we think should be happening, where we should be and what it should be going like. Change is particularly hard when it all happens at once. It reminds me of when I went through my divorce and I'm sure lots of people can remember when they had a breakup that had such a big impact and sometimes just the breakup itself is enough change. Losing that person to speak to every day, that sense of support and comfort. But often... Despite change happening, later on we can see the bright side. And I think that's the beauty of change being inevitable. Because it's worth doing in the end. It reminds us that that's okay. And I saw a recent TikTok video. It's a clip of Tom Hanks and there's a few other celebrities around a table. And someone asks them, what advice or what would you say to your younger self now? And Tom Hanks' response is the phrase, the quote, this too shall pass. But he extends that. He extends that to not just this too shall pass when it's bad and we're not liking the change, but also when you think you're doing great, this too shall pass as well. There is no constant high. There is no constant low. It is ups and downs and bumpy roads all along the way. And so we have to remember it's not always just going to stay the same forever. People in our lives will change for good and for bad. 
there's lots to be had within life. And I think that's a really big one to remember. And your situation can change. Your outlook, your mindset, everything is changeable as well. As well as it's being inevitable, you have some power within that to change certain things too. So that's number one. Number two. I think the next one has to be the importance of communication. Firstly, I didn't know there were different communication styles and I've done a lot of reading on that, four of them, which I won't go into today because that's probably something I want to read up more on and share with you at a later date. But I think the power of communication, we think we're so good at communicating and connecting because we've got social media. We think, right, well, I've got all these friends, I'm a great communicator. And I think, unfortunately, we aren't always so great at communicating. And... When I say communicating, I mean expressing ourselves and actively listening to others. Being able to express yourself and take ownership for how you feel and communicate things in a non-accusatory way so that you actually explain how you're feeling is something so powerful to learn. And this links to boundaries. We feel so compromised when we think about having to express a boundary and tell someone about it and then hold it when boundaries are the things that protect our energy and the way to do that is to communicate what the boundary is and how it affects you when that person responds in the way that doesn't work for you and there is always that fear of like being too needy or um being too much but people that are there for you that are the right people know that you're not too much and they'll be there to support you I think also within that idea of communication is important and powerful is that you utilise the systems around you. Your friends are there for you when things don't go well. But if you decide that you're going to deal with everything on your own, then that's fine. But it's real tough. It's hard when you're going through difficult things. And in particular, I know heartbreak will be on here. But on that note, if you don't tell them how you're feeling, if you're not updating them as to what happened because you're embarrassed, you feel sad, then you can feel even more isolated. And it takes bravery to communicate that because you're worried they might react in a negative way or not in a way that helps. But the only way you learn how is to try, is to start communicating. And learning how to do that is complex because when I've reflected on this, and thought about it and I try new things or I'm asked to try new things with my therapist in, in some instances or suggestions are made I go oh it feels so weird to do it it feels so difficult and I don't know how because I don't hear anyone else doing this or saying it in that way and then that sums it up right that I find it difficult to do that certain thing I statements I'm getting better because I haven't seen it done and that's why when we try something new, it feels weird. And you have to overcome that. It's not just the actual communication bit, it's the actual doing something different. And learning how to communicate is one of my key priorities for next year. It's part of the plan for 2022 within whatever I do is communicating effectively, as well as expressing, but listening to. Really listening. You know, those phones that creep in and get in your way, they're not meant to be there. You are meant to be present with the people that are there for you making the most of it before something changes and that moment's taken away. So that's number two, communication. 
learning about that. Number three is one of my favorite ones for single life. And that is that you can do things alone. Like I knew this anyway, I'd done a little bit of it in 2020, but 2021 has been my kind of push for trying that over the summer where it fitted in and where we were allowed to go and do things. It's been very limited and difficult being single in such an environment. It has felt at times very alone. I don't know if I call it lonely, but some people's interpretation of that would be. Um, but being able to take a road trip and literally have no one else around for 10 days and make every decision and not worry about what people were thinking about me was so empowering. It's something to try if you want to prove yourself to yourself and you want to push yourself that little bit. And it doesn't have to be as extravagant as a road trip. I had tried a, a number of things before on my own. I'd done a number of little things on my own before that, in fact, over the years, not just being single. But this was like the big one where I was going to events and talking to people and trying to actually have some social communication. Oh, there it is again. Uh, without, without having anyone around that I knew. That felt really scary. But for some of you going out there to do something on your own for the first time, it might just be going to a coffee shop, the pub, a meal. People freaked out by a meal because you don't often see many people on their own. And what do you do? Well, often you eat a little bit quicker. You watch people and start thinking about things tends to be what I do. I think a coffee shop has more scope for writing in a journal, planning, doing some work. But a meal, you have less distraction. You don't just want to sit there on your phone. You could have done that sat on your sofa. And so as a single person, doing things on your own is part of developing your sense of self. Because if you think that you must have someone around to do things with, then you're always reliant on everybody else. You know, whether that's a romantic partner or just a friend or colleagues. If you are in that mindset that you've got to have somebody with you to do something, then you are going to always worry about not having people around you. And you're going to find it more and more difficult to be on your own, sat, doing nothing. What would you do if you were the only person left in this world what would you do? I don't know where I heard that concept before. If I just asked myself that, I must have heard that. But I remember thinking about that. And be, and the, I think maybe the question was even more like, would you be okay if you were the only person left in this world? And, you know, that's difficult. We, we do crave human interaction, as I've mentioned a million times on this podcast. But I think embracing being on your own. For the... Num for a number of people, this will be a season. This is not forever. I previously said I'm not dating. I'm now open to dating. Um, I also need to detach from like things becoming things real quick. I'm being like, it must be this if it's not that. Actually, I need to work on that bit. And I need to look at how I maintain independent life alongside dating. And that's an interesting one to balance too. Maintaining your time for yourself is important because... You need to know that you can stand on your own two feet no matter what's going on. And whilst I've been through experiences that have made me upset in dating, I always know that I'm going to be okay in the end. I might feel sad for some time. I might feel 
that ugh in the pit of your stomach that you feel when you even just later on you look back and you go oh why did that go like that but I always know that I'll be okay and that there'll be something else to do or that I'll be able to move past it and process it and that comes through spending time on my own and having that sense of self and sometimes in dating we lose our sense of self because we get carried away so there's another element to making sure that you do things on your own and make the most of it it is for you because there there is a video that I shared on TikTok that was Matthew Hussey and it said along the lines of you're the only one that has been there for you the whole like time when you've been crying all night and you've woken up you are the only one that's been there for you and you have to basically look after you you have to know who you are on your own so go and do those things on your own now number four is something i've already kind of touched on within the communication element but i just want to make the point your friendships are so important when you're single, but then it should continue when you're not then single. Whether that's dating, relationships, you should not ditch the friends. Yes, the relationship can become a higher priority or a same par priority and eventually even more. But your friendships are there for you regardless of your relationship status. I already spoke about communicating to them when you need them. But really take an interest in them and make the most of them. Now, you can only meet people as far as they meet you. And if they are not committing to you as friends, then it's time to develop new friendships. It's really important to do that because when you're going through something tough, they are the people that are there for you. And I don't just mean in dating. I mean, it could be a work situation, a life situation. Your friendships are so important and no one person can facilitate being your best friend ever and always being there. We will be disappointed in friendships. We will be disappointed in dating. But the idea is, is that you have other friendships that can stand that test. And it means that you can spread out the load when you are finding it difficult. That one person doesn't become the person that gets drained all the time by you expressing yourself to them about all those different scenarios. You have different people that might understand because they had a similar scenario or might be in the same workplace as you. But you create this network doesn't have to be a big network. I think most of you will have realised by now that your network's probably getting smaller. And that's a good thing because the quality of your connections can increase whilst the number of connections you have decreases. But it means as much as them being there for you, it means that you've got to pay attention to them. When's their birthday? What's going on in their life? What do, they, do you need to check in with them for? And this can apply to family as well. I just think there's an element of friendship is... The, it feels more of a choice about who you are friends with and who you choose to spend time with. And another thing, whilst we're reflecting on the year, was another video that I came across. Pretty sure it's something to do with Babs. And she said, there were three types of friends. Friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for life. And I don't think letting go of friendships is a bad thing at all. We can feel sad that it kind of just fizzled out and ended. And there was no real end. And it's kind of like, oh, where did you go? I just don't hear from you anymore. And I don't reach out. The friends for a reason are really tough as well. Sometimes they just pop along a month in and then they're gone again and you don't see them. And then you get your friends for life. And I think that's where your inner circle, as it were, comes from. I think having that connection. And I think there are periphery things to that as well. I don't just think you should have your inner circle. You should have these pockets. It's why the single girls club is there. 
sometimes people within that are going to find friends for life. Some people are going to find the friends for a season whilst they're still single too. And other people are going to find friends for a reason. That person that comments back on the Facebook group and just says, look, I get what you're saying and let's talk. And within that, it then supports it. It supports feeling like you belong and have those people that care about you and a community. And that goes for whether it's on the single girls club or a hobby thing that you do. Going to the gym. The reason I'm going to the gym is to make sure that I see people, have social interaction. And if friendships bloom from there, then great. I have no idea. I've literally never been to a gym before. So I'm just going to see what happens with that. I don't look there and go, I'm going to make loads of friends. I am going to go, I'm going to say hi to people and smile because that gives me my micro interactions for the day where I feel like I'm going to be at home a lot otherwise in January. But it's that idea that if there was a friendship, it could be any one of those three and you'd need to see if it worked within that. Now, number five. Number five, lessons from 2021 is that you will constantly learn about who you are if you're in this personal development world, self-help world, and there is, it seems, an infinite amount to learn. It depends probably on your level of awareness. In the two and a half years that I've been working within the space, reading in the space and so on, I continue to find new things. And obviously it's very psychology heavy. It's very mindset based, personality types. And I think the more you know about yourself, and I've always said this ever since I did my first ever Clarity 4D profile, which was basically disc profiling with the four colours, if you've ever done that within work. The more you know about yourself and the way that you behave, the more you can work with it. Because you can't avoid some of it. Some of it's so ingrained and you can keep trying to undo it, but then sometimes you compromise yourself and go against who you really are. You have to be careful with that not compromising who you truly are as a person, what makes you you, to be this ideal person who you think you should be. But at the same time, understanding how you really are and your behaviours affects others when you're in a team, when you're talking to friends and so on, can be so useful to you. And the first step is to learn what it is about you. So personality type I've known for a while. I mentioned earlier, I didn't know that there were various communication styles. Now I do. Um, But there's also attachment styles. I've known about those, didn't delve into them that much. That keeps coming up on TikTok if you're there. And I think there's so many little things that are worth knowing about. And once you know those, it's looking at why. I'm an explainer. I like to understand why. I like to know the reason. I like to see how that works. I don't think that part is necessarily needed for everyone. Sometimes just knowing it is enough. I'm just curious. I like to understand where it came from because I try and think of how it applies to me but also how it could apply to so many other people. Then when you hear something, whilst you wouldn't want to label someone, you can understand that that could be that or that could be that. Learning who you are and what you want and what you're striving for is the empowering part of any kind of coaching and pushing forwards and moving on with your life, getting out of a quarter-life crisis. It's the kind of thing that I talk about with clients in the sessions that I have with them. And from January, it's going to be your sort your life out sessions because sort your single life out sessions because that's how it feels. When we're single, it feels like we don't know what we're doing. It feels like you 
are questioning what you should do and based on what you think you should do and could you take that risk or is it not worth it? Knowing who you are, what you stand for, what you want and what you value allows you to make those decisions in the right way so that you don't make errors or if you do, you know that you can go back to this or that you'll always cope no matter what and having the confidence to go into it. So there's my kind of five takeaways from 2021. I think there are so many more. There is a list here of various things that involve kind of personal experiences, I guess, more so. But the change is inevitable is such a big one because it's constant. You think you're going to be in the same place for a long time and then something changes and it can just be you had a different thought. Or you came across one video that made you think differently. And then that's that. You've got the idea of communication and setting boundaries. It is hard. That changes you as a person. You're sometimes the kind of black sheep of the family when you're trying to do it. But it protects you. Then the next one is that you can do things alone. And you should. You've got to prioritise that time for you. And you've got to make it special for yourself. Can't just be the same old, same old, I'll sit and watch TV and that is time with myself. No, no. That's just distraction getting you through a few hours. And if you sleep a lot too, whoa. Where's the quality time with yourself? Particularly if that's your love language. Friendships. The single girls club will continue to be a hub. I don't know if there's going to be a lockdown, but if so, we're going to ramp up those virtual kind of meetings to make sure that single people don't feel isolated. That is my plan. I want people to be there. And lastly, who are you? Knowing who you are is such an important part of life and being intentional about what you're doing and I hope that if you're here listening then you're an intentional person or trying to be that you're not just doing things because you're told to do them you're doing things because you know what you want and you're trying to make it happen and you're enjoying that journey it's not about that end destination it's about now and I want you to continue thinking about 2021 how far have you come in that time there is a page in the year of you 2022 diary that I haven't yet looked at because I don't want to prompt myself too early. I'm currently just coming up with memories and things that I think stand out to me. But to kick that journal off, there's questions about what the last year offered and what I learned. And it then focuses on 2022, which is where we're headed. The year of you. 2022 is the time for you to keep learning more. So what lessons have you learned? Let me know on Instagram, give me a DM and, and tell me what it is. Do any of those five resonate? Or is there something else that really stands out for you for 2021? How would you summarize it? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to ask myself that and I'll come back next time with that. How would you summarize 2021? Until next time, everybody, keep thriving.